Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books and Great Homeschool Conventions. Welcome to Stories Are Soul Food episode 42 with Brian and Andy. Yay. This is the Ride in the Dance episode. Yeah. First of probably a couple because we're currently accepting investments into the Riot in the Dance a ser- as a series produced with Angel Studios, distributed through Angel Studios, I should say, uh, who also did The Chosen and other things. So Right. And you guys may not know this, but you're speaking to the producer of the show and an investor of the oh, show. Fantastic. Uh, Brian Cole is an investor. Brian Cole is an investor. Then uh, I also have invested a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially, <I> think- <laughs> especially over over the years. I honestly, it's kind of funny. We can talk about the backstory and why it matters to stories in general. Um, people have noticed so far, people have noticed that we like Bible stories. Yeah. It's like Bible stories kind of matter. And reading Bible stories correctly matters. Not lying about Bible stories to your kids matters. And the same thing goes for the other things which God has all you know has also written. So we have right. special revelation in scripture but we also have natural revelation all around and for some reason all around us we have all these creatures we've talked about dragonflies we've talked about other stuff. We have all these things he's invented and he's made and we allow the entirety of that book to be curated by people who hate him. Right and that word you use the idea of natural revelation being a book yep is that's what christians have been saying for millennia forever forever. yeah it's an it's it's and we've lost it it's a massive museum of stories and characters and it's all truth about god yeah and i've said before here every single ant on this planet has a has a genealogy and and like every single second is accounted for of that ant's existence and all of its ancestors' existences all the way back to the beginning of time. Right. Intricately. Uh, and it's, it's wild. So it is bizarre to me that Christians can easily, believers can easily be pushed and cajoled into reading their Bibles. They often don't do it. Uh, but it's bizarre, bizarre, bizarre to me that we let all of natural revelation be curated by god haters yeah them they are the ones you're letting say hey this is important this is something you're supposed to focus on that's why when we watch nature documentaries we teach our kids to yell boo at the screen (laughs) because the themes that they're curating are so bad yeah and so you have i think it was pew research i was looking at it in terms of in north america uh, only seven percent like it is seven percent of the population identifies open like just identifies as atheist agnostic just seven seven percent yeah and for some reason they control 100 percent of nature documentaries yeah which is bizarre to me it's always been bizarre to me and it's a hugely strategic thing and of all the things i've done and been involved in books etc i do think the riot and the dance could be the most important stuff i ever work on Wow, that's big. So why do you think it's so strategic? Is it just because it's that direct access to God, God's revelation? So imagine, let's jump into Tolkien and you say you have all the orcs, right? We have the backstory of the orcs, which is that 
they're bent and twisted, you know, elves descended from these destroyed and vandalized good creatures. Now imagine somebody telling the story from the other direction in which all the hobbits are, you know, the, the fruit of chaos and there is no point and there is no purpose and there is no meaning and it's all one big giant nihilistic ball of disaster. Right. Um, like there's no, there's no coherence to the narrative at all. It's every, everything's broken. If you look at a lion, if you look at a raven, if you look at the beasts that God brags about, caring for and creating and you say these are all just the you know twisted shrapnel of a of an empty explosion and i will only if i'm the bbc point a camera at this if it enables me to push a leftist agenda i'm going to use it to push my own power and control i'm going to make documentaries that hate man and hate god right and man that is, is cancer yeah. they will literally call man cancer poison Etc. And then also completely ignore the artist, engineer, designer, creator who owned and made all of it. So we can look at pretty pictures and we can learn, you know, the occasional statistic and, and behavioral fact from BBC stuff, which I love, but we never have it presented to us as if it's our inheritance, as if this is, these are the words of God for us. These are the words of God given to us to tend. And so when we do have those things shown to us, we have them shown to us in a way that's supposed to guilt and manipulate us into particular political action or, or worldview. Assumptions. Right. That is the thing. It's not that they're, those nature documentaries have such an overt agenda. And it is funny that we've all just thought, hey, we have to watch movies about animals. If we watch a movie about animals, it's going to come with a heavy dose of guilt. Yeah. And I love VidAngel. And so I love filtering, but good luck putting on those filters for nihilism guilt and political <laughs> leftism that doesn't work so you can say remove that word remove this nude scene you can do those kinds of things but you cannot say remove despair remove lies about mankind can those, you, those can you filter out exist. millions of years ago <laughs> yeah so you can filter out the word millions um so it is with as far as the right and the dance goes the, the whole point for us is to be making a show not one that argues not one that debates uh anything like just one that actually celebrates creation and creatures as what they actually are, right. you know, which are these word crafted Words. animals in, in stories, you know, like in God's story and God's world, we want to present natural revelation and we're not going to get into it. I happen to be young earth, but I'm not going to be, I'm not fighting about that. I right. let scripture speak, speak for itself. Right. Uh, the most important thing to me is moving uh, nature and the concept of nature documentary into a place of faith and faithful celebration and receiving it as God's people, uh, receiving information and celebration and, and beautiful tributes to their inheritance. Okay. So God's not dead. That movie, right? The attempt is to show the conversion of an atheistic philosopher and the triumph of Christianity, sure. right? This is sort of, but it doesn't doesn't work super well. This is your attempt at that, right? Taking yeah. something that's an atheistic genre now and showing how I want to steal it back. Yeah. So when I was first dating my wife in this very brief window when we dated before we got married twenty years ago, I told her this is on my bucket list of things to do, of things I thought would be the most strategic things I could possibly do in my lifetime. 
would be would be to create an entire genre of high production, beautiful but Christian nature documentaries. And at the time, uh, in two thousand and one, two thousand, the camera technology didn't exist, the distribution model didn't exist, nothing existed. <laughs> like you, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way you could have. No that. way it could have been done. And then as camera technology improved, and I I continued to build up my own production abilities. We got into it. We started doing it. Then the first with Ride in the Dance Earth, we had to go through theaters. We had to like go through traditional infrastructure that double dips on revenue. That is happy to have faith audiences exist as long as it eats most of the profit and uses it to fund whatever. Um, And that was like it was great. We loved putting it out. And then Ride in the Dance Water, uh, we got started on that, and we decided to do more of an independent release. While in production on Riot in the Dance Water, that's when I found out I had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of threw everything off for a little bit. And James Ingerbitson directed that one. It was he did a, he did a great job. I still I still wrote all the narration. Yeah, not only and produced camera technology, you had to let your videographers grow up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to actually train camera operators, editors. I'm like this. The infrastructure had to come from nothing, and we're finally here, where. We have the camera tech, we have the ability, we have access, and then now we have the ability with Angel Studios, we have the ability to actually sell ownership to the audience. And so we can take that piece of ownership that would have previously been grabbed by distributors or studio executives, and we can just make it, it available. Give it to Brian. <laughs> Give it to Brian Cole. We can just make it available to the families who actually are going to benefit from this. Right. My kids are excited about it. They, that's the first movie they saw in theaters. Many of them was Riot in the Dance Earth. And awesome. they were so excited about Snakes, Dr. Wilson. Oh, yeah. The Words. Dr. You know, G. Dr. G, all of it, you know. So uh, I think that it's very personal for me. It's not this random aside because all of my books are, and all my my view of fantasy and my view of storytelling is all entirely motivated by the fantasy that, God writes and yeah, the, the creatures I've encountered, the things I've been able to mess around with. And a huge part of that was doing it with my uncle. And so having growing up in a family of books and stories and read alouds, which is what my home was like, and then having an uncle who would then grab us and take us out into this story in which we actually exist, where we're out running around the pages of the book in which we are, are written. And catching snakes and seeing birds and other things like that's that was huge. It was hugely influential in who I am and how I write, and that's ultimately what I want to give to millions and millions of kids around the world. Is like okay, not not just that ability to explore and see things honestly described, you know, described without lies, <laughs> mm-hmm. so truthfully presented in their proper place. But also to do it specifically with my uncle. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> okay. so that's why I've dragged my own uncle into it because he's perfect for it. He's so down home and folksy and just loves these things so much. So Dr. G, Dr. Gordon Wilson is is the guy we drag around the world, literally drag around the world. We've gone as far as we possibly could at this point, I think. We're going to do a lot more uh, to just capture what we can capture and present it in a subversive but beautiful and by subversive i mean more like a party at a barbecue you yeah know, than than like the priestly british accents that are all like welcome to the the temple of secularism and guilt right 
Yeah. Uh, so we want the trailer that I was playing at the beginning uses Sela by Kanye. We use a lot of yeah, a song of um, praise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and we use a lot of non non classical. We'll you we'll jump in and use Vivaldi or whatever where we need for to. the hummingbirds. Yeah, but we but we really want to have this be a party. This is a celebration and a party of what we've been given. And that's the entire point. So if I can make this stick, if I can make this series go and live, it will be more than itself. It will create an appetite and a demand or actually start to meet one I think already exists and create an entire genre. Other people will be making these things. Other people will start to do the same uh, the same thing. And that's what I want. I want to create an entire entire world of this stuff. When we first made Earth, Netflix was interested and they said, this, you know, but they asked my manager, would you be willing to make a Hindu one and a Buddhist one and a Muslim one as well? <laughs> so we have a suite of, you know, they really faith, thought, they thought there's actually a massive market for nature documentaries of faith, but of all faiths. <laughs> and so we said no, and we did our theatrical thing. Uh, and then the second one, we did our, our more independent theatrical thing and and yeah what's that it? then covid direct like, to consumer yeah yeah and we partnered you know went through youtube on that one and we were really happy with it was as it was going and we were really bummed at how many people had the the car door slammed on their fingers by covid they you know all these screenings were set up around the the country and the world and then oops yeah. Let's have a pandemic instead. <laughs> well, can I ask if we have generations catechized to expect the Christian neutral or non-Christian approach to nature, how have the average audiences, like people who don't know you and your project reacted to this idea? The idea Oh, people like, love it. It's actually the thing that's funny is that people are surprised that it's me because they still compartmentalize disciplines so much. And so we're like, man, why are you? Also, they say, say you're a kid's author. Yeah, I'm a, you're a fantasy novelist. What are you doing? Oh. What are you doing pushing this stuff? And it's like, because I'm a fantasy novelist. You haven't listened to this podcast. You have not paid any attention <laughs> to, to anything about the world. So tadpoles turn into frogs. They actually do. It's a thing. There's water beetles that drink frogs like Capri Suns. It happens. Um, yeah. There's all sorts of amazing, amazing stuff out there. And- Every bit of sci-fi and fantasy ever has all been riffed off of the natural world as is right and good. Um, but the biggest thing is I want to basically do two things for Christendom with everything I do. One is to replace the soul food that's toxic, you know, and, and actually to rebut and cut off and, and kind of like establish new infrastructure and create new writers and really just like build infrastructure that can supplant existing infrastructure that's pumping out the toxins and then create books, stories, films that can cut off the appetite for it and establish a different taste and a different flavor. So can you, can you catechisms, okay, of, yeah. you know, creative catechisms, both with fiction, film, and then, and here with nature docs. I'm reminded often of Solomon because one of the verses you skip over is the fact that he wrote all those science books from like <laughs> the weeds that grow out of the wall. I think the hyssop, yeah. he mentioned that. And then all the way up to the, the book of Proverbs, very animal based. So, Oh yeah. He's, he learned a lot from the natural world. 
he yeah. he in his wisdom like gained a huge amount of knowledge about God about his creator from watching God's work. I think we've almost made it we've what's the word fabulized it. So when someone yeah. see we're afraid to go look at an ant and see if we can learn something more than proverbs. Yeah. said about about life. We think yeah. ants are good for that one story about the ant and the grasshopper. That's all they're good for. So if you're if you are in a world chock full of narratives all handcrafted and I'm talking ladybug stories and bird stories and bear stories and stories of trees and canyons and rivers and all sorts of stuff. If you're living in a world full of those stories and you pay no mind to it at all, you are cutting yourself off from a huge amount of nourishment. Yeah. And also from an accurate view of your own role in the world and who you are. What yeah. character are you? Are you a hobbit in the Shire or are you an orc? Right. Like, Do you kill anything you see that's smaller than you? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And what are you? Or are you a complete environmentalist who doesn't understand economics and government and freedom? <laughs> like there's, there's all sorts of ways in which things are just absolutely messed up right now. Right. And that's an understatement. I think, yeah. And feeding kids good stuff, like good meals, Bible stories that are told honestly and truthfully. And also the natural world, God's natural revelation, being able to contextualize themselves in it such that when they see a squirrel whipping its tail on the front porch, they see something placed there in the story for them, for their vision by the creator of the entire universe. It's not a coincidence. You got to see that. He made that. He designed that. Like everything about that is there for you in that moment. And, and opening your eyes to that is really, really fantastic. And it's what the riot and the dance is all about. Right. And I think one thing about riot that I loved is how, how it was willing to start with what's around us. Yeah. You know, sometimes with the BBC, the idea is, oh, I got to go to the bottom of the Mariana Yeah, let's go Trench. find the, the snow leopard, which is great. Right. But there are 200 of them and they're all in India or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, so we're not going to have a lot of luck when I tell my kid, hey, go see what God made outside your door. Right. In the snow leopard. And category. that's the same, the same agenda, which I love the snow leopard stuff too. But the, what we right. did with Riot and the Ants Earth is we started close and we went further and further and yeah. further away. So we started in my uncle's favorite neighborhood pond, really, and then ended up in Sri Lanka in the cloud forests of Sri Lanka. Yeah. And that's what's accomplished by every good work of fantasy. And so you think about Tolkien again, like, you know, the road start, starting at your own front door, like the road goes ever on and on. Right. Um, and it's, I think, down from the door where it began. Yeah. Or, yeah. And it's about your front door. It's about going out your front door. So every, every book I write, every book I recommend, every piece of fantasy is hopefully going to result in kids being more active with their own imaginations and with their own lives as characters. Like, go out your back door. Go play. Yeah. Go it's explore. An important go, narrative technique. Yeah, go, ad go adventure as opposed to. And this is where I say the mean thing I've said before. If kids tell me that they're super fans and they wear costumes from my stories and they play games with dice in their basements, I am sad. That mm. makes me sad. Why? Like, I don't want them to escape. I'm not trying to provide escapism. I'm trying to provide food that will fuel them as characters in their own journeys. In, in real life. Own, in real life, in this story that God's actually telling. And so I gave you mac and cheese here through this book. I gave you a meal of mac and cheese to make you strong so you could go live. 
But you don't want them to extend the analogy. You don't want them to recreate the mac and cheese. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. I don't want them to basically what I don't want. And I incidentally, when kids send me pictures of dressing up like Sam Miracle or something on Halloween, that I'm fired up by that or for school. Yeah, that's great. That's exciting. I'm talking about people who are not living Mm. because they are hung up with an obsession over the the food instead of food as fuel. It's a form, it's honestly, it's a form of imaginative gluttony, you know, okay. where it's like, I'm in my lazy boy and I'm getting fatter and fatter <laughs> and I don't want to do that to people. I'm, I'm hoping that the stories I write trigger excitement to live and be interesting characters. And like from the Ashtown books, I honestly lost count of the number of emails I received from people about them training like kids who started training like and also got excited about learning latin and kids who got their pilot's licenses and and were off exploring and hiking and eagle scouts who became eagle scouts because they did this or you know 14 year old girls who were asking for scuba lessons for their birthday because of ashdown that's great that's awesome that's really cool and that's what i want so it's like go go be strong go be interesting you know it's like go go live yeah. As opposed to sit and just con- continually consume without actually spending the fuel. And so yeah, this, it's is, application this is part of that. Yeah. Of, of what you and Sam talked about last week, you know, with right. what would that character do? The character yep. wouldn't sit in the basement. With that, that thing I said to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would your character do, Sam? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I actually had totally forgotten about that till he said it. And then. Thanks, Sam. Now I have this nice vivid memory of, oh yeah, I w- it was even. The room we were in was pretty, it was pretty great, but I did bang that drum a few times repeatedly with him. And I do it with kids all the time. Like go do stuff. And this is the, the extension of that. I'm not a hypocrite. And I actually had one dad uh, comment on that to me recently where he, he just said, uh, it's been commented on before, but it makes me grateful. I'm so grateful that you don't just say this stuff and don't just write like imaginary stories of adventure. You've actually gone and adventured. And I have chased cobras in the, in the rainforest of Sri Lanka with, you know, I have done that. I have had my crew. I actually was you definitely faced, ill with yeah. food poisoning at the moment, but <laughs> yeah. I was, I was laid out on the floor of a hotel bathroom in Sri Lanka while my crew was playing with cobras with water balloons, which was like, one thing I was really looking forward to, because that's that messing around thing that I want to do. You know, we're, we're partying out there. But that kind of like a willingness to go be interesting, to go actually quest and explore this, in, this world that God gave us, and to be solid characters in whatever's within arm's reach. So your backyard, your trees, your, you know, your creatures, and, and so on. So Ryan the Dance is about telling the stories of natural revelation and we'll never run out. So the goal is to, you know, we're raising investment right now and selling ownership to people because once shows are made. Yeah. What does that platforms, mean? Can you explain? Platforms will license it. So we're selling, like I said, we're selling just you know, like the distributors share what would normally be possessed by somebody in Hollywood. We're distributing across the audience so that when the show's made, and it's licensed to Netflix and it's licensed to Peacock and it's licensed elsewhere. That generates revenue. And that revenue, that profit will be shared across in, across investors. And you also, this is the big part for me, because sometimes 
you know, it takes a while for the shows to get out there, but you right. just, we're making it happen. Like yeah, you get yes. a chance to help make yep. it happen, which so is instead of waiting part. forever, it's like, okay, so we're raising money at angel.com slash riot. It's not a Kickstarter where we're just going to send you a t-shirt. You know, it's like, yeah. if you invest, you're investing, you're getting shares in the riot and the dance series and you're making it happen. And then, then like the chosen it, as we make it, it will, it'll show up on angel. Um, and you can watch it in the app and you can watch it, you know, like watch it on your TVs or wherever. And so it will have its first run like to everybody who was basically who was an investor there and everybody who's over an, an angel, you'll get access to it. You get that early access and then, and then it'll start to be licensed. It'll start to go everywhere. Uh, it'll be on Amazon. It'll be all over. Whoever wants to license it can license it. And that's where revenue is generated. Right. And then the hope is we do a second season and a third season, and we continue to explore every corner of the world that we can. So instead of an individual doc, this one's going to be broken down into- Yeah. And this was actually episodes, a suggestion right? from the Angel guys after they did The Chosen, which was really kind of a relief because what was happening is we were having to take all this time to make 80 minutes of content, right? A feature length doc. We're traveling all over the world doing stuff. And it's like, what would have been an episode is now a chunk of a movie. You know, we could go into the field and be in the field for a long time and we still didn't have it come back. We have to go back in the field and back in the field. So production okay, take a long time. And then every time we finished one, it's like, now we have to invent a new startup in order to launch it. You know, like what's, how do we roll this out? Right. Cause you did the theater release first yeah. and then you did the, and then the, we did the YouTube screenings, event yeah. screenings and, and so the next time, if we do the next feature, you know, if we were to do the next feature, which we were planning on doing, same exact thing was going to be the case. We're going to have to go spend like a year making this thing and then invent a new release strategy and build this from the ground up. And Angel, meanwhile, while I was in my extended brain malaise, Angel came to be and the chosen blew up and suddenly we have direct distribution to consumers that's so much faster. And cuts out secular Hollywood and cuts out secular Hollywood, both on the selection of the projects to fund what gets the production money and also the reinvention of the distribution model every time. So we actually can make episodes move far more quickly because we're doing half hour episodes. We want to try to make 10, you know, where we're going to have 10 of these half hours and one big extended production trip can be an episode and we don't have to wait till we've accumulated feature length gotcha. content of an event. We can actually just move far more rapidly. So and it's still we can about move. the same cost to get out there. It's just. Yeah. And it's, but we can move faster and we can divide and conquer. You know, we've, we're building up our own infrastructure production and other stuff. So we can, we can move more quickly. We can cover more ground and we're free to like, we're free to roam. You know, we, we don't yeah. have to worry about the economies of going or, you know, the wrong direction around the planet. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. we're already in Sri Lanka. What's close. Right. Uh, as a, as opposed to like, this is okay. We just tied off these episodes and now we're going to go bounce elsewhere. We're going to be able to accumulate massive catalogs of content where we can do potentially in later, later, later seasons, we can do things that are animal type specific as opposed to regionally specific. Gotcha. Uh, and so on. But there's still a lot of subversion to do. I mean, we, if you're with the BBC and you're making an animal 
doc, you basically hit somebody up and they have, there's researchers everywhere in the world who have radio tagged animals. And so if you watch The Hunt on Netflix, which has a lot of cool stuff that BBC did, yep. they're just hitting up researchers who give them the tracking data for, you know, these. A tiger. Yeah. <laughs> for this tiger. And it's like, you just drop in, you know, it's like, okay, here we are. We don't have that access. We have gone places we've we've had to be renegades we've had to risk we've had to risk prison in different places do we get to hear more about that to get shots that's what we want we want to hear some yeah. some insider story stuff now yeah so we have we've had to risk jail time in third world police states to get shots because we do not have the connections we are not anointed by the high priest of secularism and evolution and so there is obstruction you know, in Arizona, we had some ladies who were uh, with the state refusing to let us get shots, interrupting shots, talking because they didn't like what Gordon was saying. Are you kidding me? And so, you know, like we have a, we have a clip where we're looking at Javelina and he refers to them as pigs and people freak out off camera and disrupt the shot because <laughs> everybody knows that's not where they are on the evolutionary tree. And so there's this big tussle around new world pigs, old world pigs, all this and it was just, it's such a waste of time, but they feel 100% free to ruin shots, to obstruct, to be unhelpful. There's places where we want to go where we have to submit all of our narration in advance to get into like game preserves or things like that, where we want to go, we want to go here and you're going to have to submit your script. And then there's going to be government monitors on hand to make sure you do not vary from that. Mm. Uh, and so we've been, we've had to be very punk rock to do this and you know i at one point i was distracting a, a government monitor for riot in the dance earth i was i took him off on the wrong land rover <laughs> and <laughs> while my crew was getting the stuff we needed to get nice and how does one distract a government government monitor do you get say him, oh, you get look. him in a land rover and you drive <laughs> oh, the wrong direction <laughs> with him and you chat him up the whole time so he doesn't notice mm. um you're like that's that's what we've had to do. Yeah. And I mean, just the, to put it in perspective of how long the BBC sits on location, it's oh, crazy to me. I follow a bunch of those guys on Instagram and they're, yeah. you're, they're in Antarctica for yep. months. And it's super, penguins. I mean, like <laughs> I love watching that stuff. And then you listen to the narration. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, right. You know, it's so, it's so depressing. And so God has been incredibly kind to us because we have to, we show up where animals are you know, where they've been known to be. And yeah, that, to, that's and, the key. They've been known to be yeah, there. <laughs> and we've, and we know that we're going to capture whatever he sends to us. Like whatever he sends our way, we're going to get, and we know what we want to get. Right. You know, we know what we're trying to get. And sometimes we get it. And sometimes we get something better. And sometimes we have to say, well, today's the sun spider day. Else. Sun spider day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Today's something else. And we've missed some amazing things barely and you know and just had to appreciate that we got to see it but we weren't able to share it uh we watched a leopard there's a leopard who grabbed a baby monkey in sri lanka and we were filming when it caught this baby monkey and the driver for some reason uninstructed decided to reposition uh the rig we were in and so ruined the shot like just kind of adjusted mm. the vehicle while guys were yelling no at him and 
he he ruined the shot and we had to be like well we got to see it <laughs> but uh and it wasn't Incredible. gory or gruesome the thing we missed is that the leopard stood there with this baby monkey in its mouth and then walked over to the tree where the monkey's mom was and let the baby go and wow. it was just like wait what like what was and that's not random is what you're what, right. what we're saying yeah it's like so okay so that just happened and it's not absurd it's not impossible and it's it is by design and there's an author who did it you know and so the the whole series is called the riot and the dance because the world has fallen it's broken it's cursed because of the sin of man and that's you know we we see bloodshed and pain and agonistic death uh that's all riot but then there's all this choreography and all this beauty and all this magic the symphony that's going on that's clearly dance and so we want to reveal it honestly and that's why both are present. We're not just trying to do sweetie nice footage for kids. You know, we're it's going to be family friendly, but we're not going to be we're not going to hesitate to show you elephant seals and then to as sons and daughters of Adam and Eve pass judgment on them. Yeah, they kill their own young. And say this is bad. Like look at these, they're very funny, but this is actually not okay. And in the resurrection, this will not be this way. Yeah. Like this is part of the brokenness. We identify the brokenness and we identify where all sorts of Eden, you know, parts of Eden still shine through. But then there's, you know, there's places where this is corruption. This is fall. It's a great segue to yeah. be able to talk to your kids about important stuff. Too. Yeah, it is. And so we have been working towards this for years and it feels like we're finally, we're finally seeing the kite take off. We don't have to go bang our heads against secular Hollywood in order to make this. We don't have to try to raise money to make movies when there's and where we're going to have to invent recoupment strategies. We're very blessed to have had people who believe in the mission, invest in the early features. And when it was risky, you know, our first investment was from a guy who said, I'd really love to get half of this back. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Half of his investment. Yeah. But really believed in building this and wanted it for, you know, for his kids. Right. And that's been like a lot of people have been on mission in the early days. This is not a money making venture. This has not been about that. Yeah. Uh, this has been about can we can we fill this void of narrative catechism in the lives of all these kids where every time a good little Christian kid loves animals. And every good little Christian kid does love animals. Every single time they want that itch scratched, they have to go to the priests of atheism for that and listen and to Not lies. to say there isn't money to be made in here, right? Sure, isn't yeah. The, isn't the secular industry enormous? Yes, it is enormous, uh, but the there is money to be made. But what I'm, I'm talking about with the first features, yeah. we knew the first the features- The goal is not. The goal, right. the goal was not we, you know, making money. We wanted sustainability. There is money to be made. When this series is finished, it'll be very, very valuable because it will be the only one of its kind. And you can be an investor. And literally, yes. And you <laughs> could be an investor at angel.com backslash riot. <laughs> you too, like Brian Cole. Join Brian like Cole <laughs> in investing. And me. I did investor. it so I could tell my kids because nice. they're going to be pumped. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and the thing is now, once it's made, it'll be incredibly valuable because at every platform, the highest demand is for family content. Family and faith content is what everybody wants. I want clean stuff I can watch with my kids. And Hollywood says, how about 
an animated version of the Game of Thrones. And you're like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Really? Right. With nudity. You're like, oh, yeah, gosh, yeah, that guys, really? Voice. It was not We can what make they it got. even gnarlier because <laughs> yeah. we don't have to worry about all that Me Too stuff. Like, oh, people. And that's a real example. Is it? Yeah. I was hoping you were making that up. Nope. That's coming. Stay tuned for stay Lord of the Rings. Stay tuned for some Amazon. Yeah. Game and for, of Thrones stay tuned version. for nudity and Lord of the Rings. Stay tuned for Game of Thrones. Animated, animated. Game of Thrones. Awful. Uh, the, the streamer, the thing is that there's a huge amount of value in in wholesome content that families can watch together. They just won't green light it because none of the executives want to make it. They don't want to make it. They all have their own dark selves. Yeah. Once it's it, once it exists, yeah. there's a lot of money to be made. I've been I've heard numbers for licensing on the chosen that are absurd. We're talking upwards of 70 million. You know, it's like that's, and I haven't confirmed those and I couldn't, it's not my project, but it's, uh, there's a lot of money to be made when this stuff exists, but that's not why we got into it. Right. Yeah. We got into, and this budget, this raise right now is the raise that enables us to make it. And then the money to be made comes once it's made and we can license it. Yeah. So when we contribute, it allows you to make it the whole first You're season. You're contributing to production. Right. To season one. So, and, so when and people what it, go, where is season one going to be? Do we know yet? Or is it going to uh, be a bunch of places? Season one is going to, it's going to be a bunch of places. And, you know, we're going to see how much money, if, if we can raise five, five million, then we will be making 10 episodes all around the world. Gotcha. Uh, okay. You know, at, at half a million bucks, you know, half a million bucks towards each episode, which mm. is when you're doing nature production is still insanely lean. Yeah. That is so cheap. It is very, very lean by contrast, but it's something we know we can do because we have done it now. Right. So there's no speculation for us. It's okay. We've, we've done this, uh, but we want to be on Galapagos and we want to be in Australia when they stop losing their minds. Did I see awesome Africa footage as well? Oh yeah. If you watch the trailer, we've already been in Kenya during COVID. We got, got crew into Kenya and captured some awesome, awesome stuff. So we're already, and we'll be back into africa we're gonna be all over the place so south america australia africa and of course north america has lots of awesome things that we're going to continue to right chase and we want to chase little critters too you know yeah so insects weird insects and and that kind of stuff and we're not megafauna obsessed i mean megafauna definitely (laughs) look good on camera (laughs) when you're dealing with giraffes and elephants one of my favorite clips that made one of my favorite new clips that made the trailer is a, a big uh, water buffalo, Cape Buffalo. Actually, I think it is backing down an elephant, Ooh. just marching an elephant and watching an elephant just backing up. Like those things are mean and not, <laughs> and not frightened of bigger, yeah. of bigger things. So yeah, right in the dance has been a, like a 20 year long vision for me. And it's really kind of amazing to be here now where I see all the pieces in place from my own crew development, our own production infrastructure to now the ability to finance via the audience and not via unbelieving Hollywood and to distribute direct to that audience and then to go try to make money after, afterwards for that audience. I mean, it's, all these different pieces are, are in place now that will enable us to keep on making this kind of thing. And it is 100% on mission for me. It's, it's right at the bullseye of what I'm doing when I'm writing 100 cupboards or pushing watership down on people. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, if, I'm, if I'm pushing stories and I'm pushing soul food that will inspire the imaginations 
and and fuel characters in God's story, then I'm on I'm on mission. And this is very much part of that. So if you do want to invest, by all means, please join us over at angel.com slash riot. Yep. Enjoy all the trailers too. Hopefully you're seeing lots of funny. There's we have a lot of humorous spots that are out, promotional yeah. spots right now. We have a trailer with um the Kanye track in it. He was very gracious uh in licensing that to us. He's he's licensed that to a Super Bowl premiere uh movie trailer, I think, for a Fast and the Furious movie for a huge sum of money, and then gave it to us for peanuts. And that's wow. Uh, way to go, Kanye. Yeah, way to go. You could invest in a show that Kanye also <laughs> is helping. The Kanye to make likes. Up. <laughs> Kanye likes. Yay. <laughs> uh, even though Brian already badmouthed Donda. So his Ooh, new album. <laughs> shouldn't have said that right at the beginning. <laughs> anyway, right in the dance. Hopefully we'll get financed. We'll get more episodes coming to your family. We'd like 10 in the first season. And we hope to not even slow down when we finish those 10. We'd love just to keep crews going, making stuff for Christian families. Well, I'm just going to put a little spot here to say, send questions about Riot yeah. and the Dance, please. Facebook for Stories of Soul Food, Twitter, email, whatever you want, because we'll be talking about it again. Excited about this new genre, nature documentaries, by people who actually know what nature is for. Yeah. Um, people who are not going to lie to you or your children as yeah. you watch awesome people stuff. People who know the difference between guilt and control. And then <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Thanks for listening and uh, chat again next week. All righty. That's it. If you enjoyed this episode, get your copy of The Riot and the Dance Earth at canonpress.com.